our Father in heaven. Welcome to episode 37 of Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. Today we'll be covering questions 165 through 171 and to be a Christian in Anglican Catechism, the official catechism of the Anglican Church in North America. I'm Father Kurt Hine, Rector of Light of Christ Anglican Church in Georgetown, Texas, joined today by my co-catechist, Father Isaac Rayberg, Rector of All Saints Anglican Church in San Antonio, Texas. But before we begin, let's start with prayer. This is proper number 12 from the, our collects in the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So now we're going to be talking about that first part of the, the Lord's Prayer, the address. We've got to get the address right. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven. Question 165. Why do we call God Father? We call God Father because Jesus teaches his disciples that we are God's children and should call God our Father. That's so, yeah, once again, we have uh, Jesus told us to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of confusion about fatherhood generally, um, what masculinity and femininity mean, and that language in scripture. But in the end of the day, before we you know, tackle all of those and, 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 and discuss them, we do need to come back to the basic facts of the case, that no matter what the explanation is, in the end, Jesus, who perfectly reveals to us the Father, set, tells us, perfectly reveals to us God, because he's God in the flesh, says that we are to call God Father. Yeah. And yeah. pray our Father. So that settles it. Yeah, ab absolutely. Oh, you know, one one of the, um, uh, I mean, you 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 don't want to spend, you don't want to get too deep into these woods or read too much into it. But there there is a relationship in in the Greek between the word for father and the word for source, because the father, you know, the, the father is the source of of the children. You know, he he is a, uh, um, as as the one who um, begets the children, mm -hmm. um, and in the same way, God the Father has uh is the source of all creation but he has a special love for us as his children yes we're made in his image and it's a profoundly relational term again going back to that um, mm -hmm. not all monotheistic religions have that understanding islam for example does not have an understanding of god as father in many ways their yeah. understanding of god is very close to the christian understanding but in this way very very different i mean for for them god is a master you know um, he's one to be obeyed but here there is a deeper sense of intimacy and uh, relationality when we call god father and and it does it does reflect on us right we have been made in the image of god so we have this capacity for this relationship uh, which is mysterious and uh, miraculous that a creature that a creature could have a capacity for a relationship with the uncreated 
And so then that leads to question 166, who are God's children? All who come to God through faith and baptism in Christ are adopted as children of God the Father. And then this is specifically going back to some of St. Paul's language regarding adoption. Um, and that's absolutely beautiful. We've talked about that before yes. on, on the podcast. Um, but yeah, we, 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 are, we are adopted as children. You know, he, has, he has legally brought us into his family through faith and baptism, um, that, that union with Christ. Um, and you know, then there is a sense where, where we can speak about the universal fatherhood of God over all mankind. Um, but this is something deeper than that. Yes, uh, I think, well, Paul does. He says we are all God's children on, on uh, Mars Hill. Mars Hill, yeah. But um, we need to be careful when we use that kind of language because we can give people a false hope. Just because uh, you are made in the image of God and he sustains you, so you do have a relationship with him, doesn't mean that you've turned your heart towards him. It doesn't right. mean that you're receiving that relationship in all of its beauty and all of its benefits right you could be in a relate i mean we all have to be in some relationship with god or else we would not be um, created nor would we be sustained on a moment by moment basis <laughs> but we can be taking the gift he's giving us and um well luther would say something i'm not going to say right now but hey, basically we <laughs> we could be taking all those gifts and throwing them back in god's face right yeah yeah um and saying i, I don't care about you what we're talking about when we talk about God's children, and most of the time when the scripture talks about that, it's talking about people who've been brought back into that reciprocal relationship with God, um, brought back into uh, that through forgiveness, through the Holy Spirit's indwelling, who are being recreated and healed as God intends. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that communal aspect of it um, leads us into that next question. 167, why does the church teach us to pray our Father? Jesus teaches us always to understand ourselves, not only as individuals, but as members of God's family of believers, and to pray accordingly. Yeah, the, the, uh, the church is a family. Um, it is a family united by the blood of Christ, united to each other um, by his blood. Um, that's part of what uh, we mean when we talk about communion. Um, the sacrament of communion is a communing with God, um, with Jesus, um, but it's also communing with each other. And, um, you know, we, we, we are all in this family who've been adopted into that family by, by God the Father. This is a very important corrective for something that's sort of mal-aligned in our culture. We emphasize individuality to such an extent that we miss the fact that who we are as persons is formed and defined largely by who we are in communion with. Yeah. Um, so we kind of pretend like I'm just being my authentic self. I'm following what I'm feeling. Well, why are you feeling those things? And yeah, I mean, all of these things have been placed in us by somebody. And so when, when we're brought into uh, a place of healing, it has to happen communally where we have, to, when we're adopted as, as God's son or daughter, it's not just our my father who's in heaven, but our father. We are in a new family. And and unless we are practicing that, then we're not going to see the the reality of the kingdom of God in our lives like we like we ought to. And we can't do this is just not something we can do alone. 
There's been a lot of talk recently, um, especially since the pandemic, about a loneliness epidemic in our society. Um, people dying deaths of despair and loneliness often exacerbating that. I had a, um, a virtual visit with my, my primary care, just my annual checkup. And the first thing that they asked was, um, are you feeling any anxiety or depression or loneliness? You know, that kind of thing. Like, like yeah. before they even get to actual medical things, they're good. They're, they're asking about that because it's such a big problem. Um, and, and while, while the, you know, the, the, the church is not a silver bullet for this, we're supposed to be, um, one of the ways that, um, these kinds of things get helped. Well, was this call with your doctor through zoom or like, of course it was right. So obviously <laughs> your doctor's not going to really be able to help you with loneliness, um, right? <laughs> you know, just an obvious you you need other people in your life and it's uncomfortable yeah. and it takes effort yeah. on your part but do it yeah do it absolutely it's a lot better than being lonely yeah um being irritated i guess at someone else is is natural and it's good and you get you you figure it out and and you move forward it's but loneliness and the despair of loneliness is the worst i mean it, that is a, a horrible place to be um, and to fall into and so we, yeah, we need to embrace this. And as a book, I think there's a special place for this now in the church in, in providing this for people because the rest of society um, has disintegrated to the point that it's really hard to find good, deep friendships. Yeah. So, so 168, how is God like earthly fathers? Like all loving and sincere earthly fathers, God loves us in our weakness, provides for our needs, teaches us in our ignorance, and corrects us when we go astray. <laughs> it's a good qualifier at the beginning. <laughs> yes. Well, even the most loving and sincere earthly fathers, we, well, that'll be the next question, how God is unlike our earthly fathers. We all fail, but yeah, this is we what should. we're intending to do. Um, yeah. You know, we lo I love the little guy. I went. I had to go home to get the charger for my for for my computer because it was dying. And my little little boy was there, a little two year old, and he just ran up and gave me a hug. And I was like, gosh, you know, he's he's he he can't do anything for himself. He's completely helpless. And uh, we're potty training him. Um, that's you know, we have to literally wipe his butt. Um, <laughs> but God, you know, he provide. We're helpless. Without yeah. God's provision, absolutely helpless. Yeah, and, and um, we love our children in, in their weakness. Um, we, we, you know, we're supposed to love them unconditionally. Um, we certainly give that our best shot. Um, uh, but God doesn't have to give it his best shot. It's just part of his nature. His nature, yeah. His, his, his unconditional love. Yes, he teaches us. So there's this pedagogical aspect, right? We're we're dumb. Um, you know, kids are dumb. Um, you don't drink um, that poisonous um, cleaner, you know, like, <laughs> but it's, or, or uh, we, we, we put them out the other day to uh, do finger painting. And, you know, my two-year-old was so infatuated with the colors. What's he trying to do? Eat them, right? It's like, no, they're, they're not for eating. So we're ignorant. Um, we, we, as finite creatures compared to an infinite God, we need instruction. And it's and it, just in terms of that, the, the fact that he has given us the scriptures, 
um, you know, through his people, um, you know, he, he's, he's given us the Holy Scripture so that we have um, in black and white and very, in very definitive terms, this instruction. He doesn't leave us in our ignorance. He, he reaches out to us. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and there's, a, there's some messaging out there in the culture that kind of is a half truth, you know, be who you are. But we have to ask a deeper question. Who are we? Yeah. And a big part of a father is teaching their children who they are. Yeah. And our Heavenly Father teaches us who we are so that we can be confident in that. Um, and, the, and the other part of this, too, is, is it's the positive part of teaching. But there is also a correction that's necessary because we don't, we don't naturally, because of our sin, um, always do the, the right thing. We, we stray. So uh, we need to be corrected. So our heavenly Father corrects us as well. Yeah, and that, and that correction can be um, painful. It can be less painful. I mean, it doesn't have to be punitive. It, it you know, and and so, sometimes it it is. But um, just just like with our own children, um, you know, they're, they're trying to learn how to tie their shoes, and it's getting in a knot. Well, they they need that correction, mm. and nobody's mad at anybody, and it, so it doesn't have to be like that. No, God's correction of his children, his goal, the goal of God's correction of his children is always for their healing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Always for, for more like Jesus. Yeah. Well, then 169, how is God unlike earthly fathers? Unlike our natural fathers, our heavenly father loves us perfectly, is almighty in his care, makes no errors in judgment, and disciplines us only for our good. Well, I think some of the reasons people have difficulty with this language of father is because there's been a collapse of fatherhood in our mm -hmm. culture, an increasing amount of people who've had who've had um, very bad experiences with their own fathers or have not had a father. And so there's a necessity for this. I, I'm glad this question is here because we need to discover what fatherhood is and what better way is there to discover that than to know God's fatherhood. And, and so there, this clarification is really important. Our Heavenly Father loves us perfectly. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, Kurt, but I, I know that there are many times, you know, my, my children are about the same age as yours, where um, they're pretty young still. Um, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of making it up as I go along. I think about, you know, my, my dad had us when he was much younger than I was when I had my kids. And, um, you know, my folks were much younger. So they, they, they knew even less <laughs> just because they hadn't experienced very much of the world. And so, but we don't realize that as kids, we don't realize yeah. how much our, 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 our dads and, and moms um, are learning by doing. Mm -hmm. And um, this is something that we don't have to worry about with God. Yes. And, it, and it's important too, to have grace. I think a part of maturity, maturity as you become your own person, apart from your family is to, to look back and to understand your parents is flawed, but also to rejoice in the good that they did for you. Um, That's right. That's yeah. right. So no errors in judgment, man. I wish I was that kind of father. I would make all kinds of <laughs> time um, and disciplines us only for our good, you know, not because he's angry, you know, not because he's angry because he had a bad day at work or, or whatever, but, but really strictly only for the good of us. Yeah. Oh, is it me or you for 170 here? Oh, I think this is you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. 170. <laughs> what is heaven? 
Heaven is the realm of God's presence, power, and glory, which exists invisibly alongside this visible realm, and from which God hears the prayers of his children. All right, so are you saying that God is not this, like, white-haired dude in a cloud with, like, a harp? yeah not so much not so much uh as cool as the uh sistine chapel is (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing how many people seem to legitimately think that that's what we believe yeah um it's just kind of disturbing because nothing for it's like there's artistic depictions like that like sistine chapel like you said but like what we actually believe is nothing like that right right yeah, I mean, we, we talk about in um, the 39 Articles of Religion, um, God has no um, body parts, parts no, no parts, bodies, no passion. Um, I'm getting the order mixed up, but basically he's he's not like us in that regards. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, have, heaven is alongside this visible realm. That's, mm. that's important. It's not, the, the, the gulf is not such that uh, he can't, he can't, breach that gulf or bridge that gulf. Um, but it does have to come from him because he is not limited the way we are. Um, but yeah, he does. He, it is, it is where his presence, power and glory exist invisibly. So, which is, which is cool. And it's curious if you look through the, the Bible at all the times that Yahweh, the Lord is revealed on his throne, both in the new and the old testaments, there's, it's as if this, this world that we live in is kind of peeled back Mm -hmm. it's it's there's an a there's a a a breaking open of it a a tearing open of it and you kind of see what's behind the scenes really suddenly you see this this well i'm thinking about these ezekiel's vision which is crazy right you got this all of these wheels of this divine chariot with a throne and these these angels with many eyes and flames and rainbows and smoke but the point being that the heavenly dimensions right there all the time what's what's happening is the prophet is being given the eyes to see the reality yeah. of that heavenly dimension and we have the promise at the end of revelation that um uh heaven and earth will be joined perfectly in a way that they're not now and so that that um limitation we have is not going to be there right even though it's a bodily resurrection Number 171, how does your father in heaven help you here on earth? Because God is in all places and knows all things. He hears and answers my prayers, directs my paths, and strengthens me in times of trouble. Yeah, this is great. God is closer to you than you are to yourself. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. That's true. So I love that little I don't know, a book that your kids were reading that said the only thing that we know of that's faster than the speed of light is the speed of prayer. <laughs> because God is closer to us than we are to ourselves, the heavenly dimension is not some faraway place. God is in all places. He is in all times. He knows all things, even the deepest thoughts and intentions of our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, so he hears and answers my prayer. Yeah, and that uh, that closeness of God and that how much he knows us better than even we know ourselves is uh, rather than being saying, oh, well, then why should I pray to him when he knows it all already? It actually should be the opposite. It should be, okay, we don't don't hold anything back from him because he knows it already. Right. Well, the prayer is for us. Right. There is no limitation on God. Yeah. Um, but the prayer is for us because we want to be 
part of God's kingdom, right? That's right. <laughs> um, so that's why we pray. He directs my paths and strengthens strengthens me in times of trouble. So the 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 power the to, to use big words, right? The omnipotence, the omniscience, the all knowingness, the omnipresence, God being everywhere. All of those things that are true of God are really important and and should be driving and encouraging us into this life of prayer. Because Amen. God can, He can, He does here, and He will guide us. I think that's a great place to stop. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a comment below. You can also take Anglican Catechesis with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. You can find the link in the YouTube description. Lord willing, we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then... May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.